Hey everybody, welcome to Game Off Podcast. What do we got this week? We got some news on Fallout First, the hottest value in gaming. We also got <laughs> Delay Palooza. Four or five games got delayed today. Uh, we got our usual fireside chat, and then we have a special peripheral off. Uh, we're featuring Ring Fit Adventure and VR game Trover Saves the Universe. I'm your co-host, Brent, a.k.a. Arcadia, along with... Andy, a.k.a. Solitalker. All right, and let's kick this shit off running. Fallout first. Tell me about how this is such hot value and try and talk me out of buying it. Oh, so you remember last year when Bethesda accidentally released an in-house multiplayer mod as a full game and then tried to cover it up by pretending it was intentional? (laughs) Yeah, Fallout 76, that's the one, right? Yeah. Fallout 76. Well, um, yesterday or the day before, they announced that on top of having paid $60 if you were stupid enough to buy in the first week, or 30 if you were smart enough to buy eight days after release um, <laughs> for the full game, which wasn't obviously a full game. It was like a, an unpolished multiplayer mod that was used for in-house testing that accidentally got released. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're now offering all sorts of wonderful benefits for anyone who wants to pay them a hundred dollars a year for this full price game that they got. <laughs> and I don't know if you've, if you've heard this part of it, uh, cause this is, I think news as of today, but anyone who bought that subscription, the features are broken. I, I did hear that. I heard. So one of the features is the unlimited storage with the scrap box. And apparently it's well, deleting all their scrap <laughs> or something. Yes. Yeah, so let's go over the features real quick. The, the, the benefits that you get are playing in a private world exclusively to you and your friends, which is something that people have wanted since before release. So obviously mm-hmm. $160 in now you can have that. Uh, you get the scrap box, right. which is great for storing an ultimate, an unlimited amount of crafting components. Uh, you get a survival tent, which gives you, a, a, I guess just a, a deployable fast travel point. Essentially they give you some of their nonsense currency to spend every month. Uh, <laughs> you get a unique, outfit which actually you know is a memorable uh, you know notable outfit that the ranger outfit from fallout is a notable outfit it's not nonsense and then you and then you get some unique icons in emotes which you know much like fortnite fallout 76 is well known for the emotes that people use (laughs) a lot of gifts out there of uh, fallout 76 emotes the as you've already alluded to Anyone who happened to buy this subscription because they accidentally took far too many of their painkillers after surgery and were not in their right mind or were on a bender or had just undergone a horrible breakup <laughs> and just, a drug. yeah, they're on a cocaine bender. They're doing kind of like an 80s themed party with a lot of drugs, something, whatever reason you have for accidentally buying this subscription is fine. No judgment here. Uh, your scrap box is just going to delete anything you put in it, apparently. <laughs> so this unlimited, <laughs> all the work that you've done, you just, you've got a game that was never finished. And then you paid an initial hundred dollars for promises down the line. <laughs> and one of the promises that they gave you right off the bat, uh, ac- actively deleted your progress. You are now worse off than you were before you purchased it. <laughs> and not just because you have less money. 
and because you feel shame and um, shame and accomplishment for what you've done, but because they've actually deleted some of the things that you've you've put in there. <laughs> so that's great. How, the other one. How much I, of this? How much oh. of this do you think is like machismo, where they're just getting kicked in the sack over and over again, <laughs> and they stand up and they're like, "Thank you, sir. More, please." <laughs> What, what a, else this, is broken? Sorry. Oh, the the other one which I also love is the um, <laughs> the the servers, the new servers, private servers aren't new. They're lived in servers. People are going around and finding areas already looted in their private servers. They're finding oh, so like abandoned servers. <laughs> aben- essentially, yeah, that they've just been like repurposed. <laughs> like you've oh you've God. got you've got ref you know refurbished servers. They passed Bethesda's 12-point inspection. <laughs> and now... You know, from a programming standpoint, that's very efficient of them. Um, for sure. But from a consumer standpoint, that's gross. That's disgusting. Are you and kidding they're, me? They're also not private servers. Because anyone on your friends list can see that you're in a private server and join your game. And you can't stop them. Are we redefining the word private now, too? <laughs> What won't Bethesda tackle? So if you've been role-playing as a merchant and you have a ton of people on your friends list who maybe necessarily aren't actually your friends, they can just start bombing into your seven-person private server and there's nothing you can do about it. (laughs) (laughs) And then to to top it all off is just the the, the cherry on the whole thing. Uh, Bethesda didn't register falloutfirst.com so <laughs> someone from 4chan registered it and has filled it out with basically Fallout Fuck You First and a very well-crafted <laughs> takedown of absolute nonsense. And then a link to the IGN review, which is fantastic and <laughs> has one of my favorite lines that I've ever heard in review. Uh, I love paying for possibilities. <laughs> I, uh, I mean you never know what you're gonna get no that's for sure yeah it's great even it, though you're supposed to be paying for what you get it's it's like if you could buy a kinder egg that inside of it had another kinder egg you had to pay for that was empty <laughs> or a scorpion <laughs> just had a scorpion inside <laughs> You know, bra- bravo, Bethesda. Somehow, somehow, you never fail to impress. They, they are so impressive. I, I don't understand it. It's like watching someone trying to build their house in a river, and then somehow accidentally setting their collapsing river house on fire. <laughs> like it wasn't going to work. You can't build a house in running water. <laughs> And not only did you somehow maybe get something standing, but now it's on fire in a river. <laughs> How have you even here's done the this? Thing. Somewhere, somewhere down the river, like maybe like 10, 20 miles, the fire will be out. You won't, you still won't have a home, but the fire will be out. And somehow there are still people standing on the shores of this river saying, you know, I want to live there. <laughs> what, a, what a fancy house. I'll happily start paying rent on that house now in the hopes that maybe you finish it someday and I can move in to your flaming river house. Uh, oh, oh God. Oh, that just sounded like Anthem for a second. Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, 
Now, now I'm just sad. I, I was originally going to describe Fallout 76 as that animated book of concept art, but then I realized that it actually fit Anthem a lot better, especially with that <laughs> that E3 reveal they oh. did that was 90% concept art. Yeah, and at least the concept art for that looks good. I can't imagine what the, the in-engine concept art looks for Fallout 76. <laughs> just like like vaguely detailed male character, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So that's that's all I got on this. I just it, it's so funny. You could it's unsatirizable. You can't write something that is a better <laughs> satire of Bethesda than Fallout 76 has been. It's just nothing but arrogance over and over again. Yeah, that's that's how it comes off too. Like no one like people were genuinely rooting for this game to, you know, like claw its way out of like the, the mines of Moria and like make itself anew. And here they are before they even released the Wastelanders patch, the only patch that anyone cares about, which got delayed into next year, like spring next year and not just January. So we're like five months out of any tangible content that anyone that's not already playing this game actually wants. And they're slapping subscriptions that like are creating classes within the community and I, it's incredible. It, like, how dare you sell the subscription before you've even finalized the patch that's supposed to bring people back to your service? Yeah, like, yeah. Where do I, you get off? Even even Warcraft took like five or five or eight years before they started finding weird other ways to monetize. And here we are, one year after 76's massively failed launch with a strange subscription model. Just let it die, guys. Let it go. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's the answer. You know what? Or maybe just wait. Just wait. Wait till the game's done. You know what? You know what they could do to salvage this? And it wouldn't make them a lot of money, but it would it would salvage things in my mind. Is if they set it up and they released it so that you could have your own private dedicated server and they open it up to mod support. And so, look, if you want to set up your own so private server... they already have a platform for it, right? Supposedly. Supposedly. Th there was talk of allowing the private servers to have mods. But obviously it wouldn't that be didn't any... didn't pan out either. Well, it couldn't be any mods that cut into their Atoms market. So it couldn't be any equipment mods or experience mods, you know, anything that, that undercuts what they want to sell kind of like that whole thing with um the custom quests in assassin's creed odyssey that people were using to farm the yeah. xp and oh no, no no we don't want you to make those kind of quests because <laughs> we sell those boosters so obviously you can't do that yeah don't be crazy so if they released like all right here's fallout 76 last gasp edition and it's $15 <laughs> and you can install it on your own private dedicated server and play in your know, dickery around with everything you want with anyone you want. And it's locked and you can install whatever mods you want on it. Okay. That could be fun. That could be interesting. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> I hope the second X pack is called like death rattle or something. <laughs> <laughs> something way too on the nose uh you know the thing is i could see them doing that thinking that they're being really clever and you know like like uh todd did at e3 where he's like oh i'm surprised you're all here yeah well, no, you're not. yeah and fuck you todd half people are there because they're being paid to because they're journalists yeah well they they, they also stacked like the first 
five rows with Bethesda employees, which is why they have like fanatical applause to their mobile shit. That was that was embarrassing, like and transparent. I get it. Oh my god, gross. Um, you know what I'd pay for? What's that? A dunk tank that Todd ha- Howard was sitting in. <laughs> like just, just I just want to see that that man with some some water on his face, maybe a little bit chilly. Need to hand him a blanket after like the fifteenth dunk where he's kind of pulling himself back onto the seat, trying to keep a stone face, but it's it's cracking <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the fun and self reverence is is going away. <sighs> what about you? What's what's your story about? Tell us about all that stuff. Yeah, delay palooza, as I've I've coined it. Don't take don't steal that trademark. <laughs> Um, today we have, we have two different, um, sides of the same coin, which are just games being delayed, uh, on one side of the coin, last of us part two, like what the, the original wildly well-reviewed, um, often considered one of the best games ever created. Uh, it's a Sony first party game. Um, and today it was announced that it's going to get pushed back a few months into the end of May. Um, on the other side of the coin, Ubisoft delayed their entire slate for next year, <laughs> um, st- starting with Watch Dogs Legion, um, and that also includes uh, God and Monsters and Rainbow Six Quarantine, which is a spinoff of Siege. Uh, it's like a different game. Yeah, mode. have they released a lot of uh, info on Quarantine? Not to undercut what you say, I just I, I feel like all I remember hearing about it was that one trailer. I forgot about two out of three of the games I just said until I read this news today. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, they, they the the latter two are pushed off to an undisclosed time. Rainbow Six are watched. Actually, all three of them were pushed off sometime after April. They were very vague about this. And I'll, I'll start in on Ubisoft because the reason they delayed those games is because the last two games last two major releases that they made have been colossal failures. And it's because it's because of the exact same thing that happened to Assassin's Creed. Like they just, they're pushing these games like right off a cliff and hoping for the best. We're, we can talk about the division two, which you consider uh, the greatest game of all time. <laughs> and literally the last game on our list this year. God, that was um, so bad. We, we can talk about Breakpoint, which is one of the worst reviewed games Ubisoft has ever released. And I don't think we're going to even cover that one this ago. year, are we? We're not doing that, right? Uh, I don't want to. We should, but we ha- we have a responsibility to for our listeners. You know what? But I don't want if, to. If I happen to get a free copy of it with a video card, like I did with Wildlands, I will... <laughs> If we can, time to upgrade. If we can somehow convince Ubisoft that we are a uh, a reputable organization that needs review codes, <laughs> I will happily install. I mean, I'm sure they're just handing them out at this point. <laughs> please but, play our game, <laughs> please God. <laughs> Promise you'll like it. Um. So the, the the literally the reason they said they gave in their hearing meeting was that. Both of those two games, major, major releases for them this year. Um, because remember, they didn't have a Watch Dogs game this year. Um, they didn't have an Assassin's Creed game this year. 
so they were really banking on these two games to be successful. Neither, well, I shouldn't say, Division 2 is decently reviewed, but it was very samey, was the gist that you got from a lot of reviews, um, and, and I'm sure Andy can talk more about that. But Breakout, Breakpoint was just panned across the board. Nobody seemed to think it was a good game, save for a few uh, uh, few sources. So in their hearing meeting, they also admitted they were financial disasters. So they had to take a hard look, like they did with the Assassin's Creed series, and say, we're going to push everything off, make sure we actually do fucking QA on these games, make sure somebody sits in and produces and manages these games instead of like the the factory of ubisoft that they've been running for half a decade now well i'm glad that they finally figured that out you know it's they've only been in business for what two decades making games you know a lot like us they're just they're just starting to be able to drive the car at that point (laughs) like it just how many times do they need to learn this lesson is my question. I I thought that they hit a turning point when they were like, we're not going to do annual Assassin's Creed's. We're going to take our time and make sure everyone's a unique experience. And then they released Assassin's Creed Odyssey yep. a, a year after Origins, which was just Origins with boats. And I was like, fucking, ah, I've been had again. They gotcha. Why does this keep happening? They gotcha. They really did. A lot of people liked Odyssey, and I don't fault him for that, but I think it's mostly because people skipped over Origins. But that's a whole other thing. I can bitch about that. Um, the The other side of that coin is Sony, who's delaying Last of Us Part Two, which is going to be a critical and financial success. But and you you can just because of the reputation that they have with first party games, you know that they're doing it for a good reason. And that reason is probably just, you know, we, we need to polish it a little bit more so we know that it's like 100 out of 100 game. Not not that we think it's shitty or something's like completely broken and we just want to salvage it and chuck it out the door. Like, you know, there's a very good reason they're delaying it. So, Well, they're obviously delaying it because they need to get feedback from SJWs on how to insert more agenda into it that's what i've heard at least oh oh yeah is it, <laughs> is it just the lesbian thing or are, are people mad about other stuff now oh because it's it's a woman i don't know if oh the female lead too oh jesus yeah yeah so yeah well women are only good for milking right yeah it's like they say there's only two genders men and politics it's <laughs> an amazing quote yeah i, I just i i I love, I just love the timing of the story and the dichotomy between these, like the two cultures around delays where it's, it's a completely financial decision and a completely reputation decision. Like I'm not saying Sony, it doesn't have like a dime in the game. They absolutely do, but they also are well regarded for their first party games at this point. And so they, they are willing to take like three months and just be like, just, just make the perfect game. Like make sure it is the game that you envisioned when you started out on this quest and Ubisoft on the other side of that coin is, Oh shit. Apparently a year and a half dev cycle is not enough. Uh, let's, let's take three more months on all of our games. I, I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm still positive. Like two out of three of the games that I mentioned before are going to be mediocre at best because it, honestly, like I just have lost so much goodwill or faith in Ubisoft over the last few years. That's just like, 
Like, I don't know, man. They got like, just got to strike it lucky and make another successful game at this point. I don't think they're going to if they keep going the way that they do with just kind of serializing their existing IPs. Yeah. They got to do something different. They got to try something different. And I don't get that feeling that they are. I think they're too comfortable and they'll continue to be comfortable because even as their games don't do, I mean, cause like ghost recon that that's not, they're still going to make money if they put out another assassin's creed game next year. They're still going to make money if they put out another far cry game next year. Like they've got, they could run a shitty company for another couple of years and not really lose the outside industry insiders cachet. Yeah. That's just my thought on it. I no, no. I mean, that's completely fair. Like, the bottom line really is like, just make really, really good games. Don't make good games. Don't make passable games. Like, your consumers deserve better. Take your time. Like, you you found a way to like really break into the PC community with um, Siege. People love that game, and nobody really liked it that much when it first came out. They found a way to, to make that a service, and it's doing better than ever today. Um, you don't need to create every game as a service, but like, just, just think if you took the extra six months to get Siege where it was at launch. like You probably would have kicked off with twice as many people, and then it would have been twice as successful at this point. I, I honestly think that they are in a position kind of like Bethesda, where they don't know why people like their games they don't get it and (laughs) because there's no way that like 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 something like bethesda could have understood why people liked fallout and made the decision to make fallout 76 because it's just the antithesis there's no way that people could have understood why people liked ghost recon wildlands and made breakpoint or whatever the fuck it's called like it's just the opposite of what Wildlands was. Ha- making it a looter shooter puts the focus entirely away from the stealth mission mechanics that were in Wildlands. Wildlands wasn't about yeah. loot. Making it about loot is just pointless. Yeah, no, it, it seems like they want to be in every popular genre and have have their fingers in every pie, but yeah, you don't need to do that. Like it, uh, artisans still exist in this day and age for a reason. Yeah, find what you're good at, get better, and then maybe try other things when you're good at all of the things that you were good at originally, instead of getting worse at those things. There's um, among a lot of solitaire games, and I know this is going in a bit of an odd direction, but just follow me here. Uh, you can look up any word and solitaire and you'll find it. Baseball solitaire, Halloween solitaire, Yom Kippur solitaire. It's out there. I'm going to try garbage If you type solitaire. garbage solitaire, someone will have a trash man or garbage man or recycling themed solitaire game. There's, there's actually a card game called garbage solitaire. Son of a bitch. There are companies that just churn these out, trying to hit every possible. People are looking for Halloween themed games, looking for Valentine's Day themed games, looking for election themed games. They just slap another skin on it, and I, I feel I get that feeling of like mm-hmm. what Ubisoft is doing. They have a bunch of these IP skins that they can just slap on a game 
premise, a game loop premise. Open world, drop you in, helicopter crashes, and now you have to go around and do these missions, clear these areas. Sometimes you have to go after convoys. Sometimes you have to sneak in and kill a guy. Sometimes you have to defend a spot. Sometimes you have to turn on a thing and then defend it. Sometimes you take over enemy camps. Like it's all the same general loops, but just with a different. Yeah. This time yeah. it's Far Cry. This time it's Assassin's Creed. So I think they're just trying to like whittle it down to just the core Ubisoft game that they can then throw whatever skin they need to on it. And I'm sure I'm not the first person that said this, but it stuff like breakpoint no, but... just further accentuates that. Cause there was no need for it to be a looter shooter. No one was asking for that, Yeah, but all their other games, are looter shooters and it works kind of, except it doesn't cause they're garbage. <laughs> Division two is horrible. Anyone who says otherwise is wrong. Oh, well, that's not the hot. No, it's, stakes, it's not. <laughs> I'm sure plenty of people agree with you. I, I was going to say it's it's like $10 this week on sale. And then I was like, oh, man, I must not have done well until I heard their heard about their hearing call, earnings call, whatever you call it. And it confirmed that <laughs> full heartedly was like, oh, yeah, this, this things aren't great. Can we forget about 2019? People like the division one. It did well. I like oh, the yeah. Division 1. I had no interest in Division 2. I had a lot of fun with it. And then when they added in a lot of that post-game stuff, like the where you're playing through like a blizzard and those like essentially mm-hmm. post-game raids that you could do, those are great. Those were a lot of fun. All right. Fireside chat time. Hey, Andy. How are you feeling today? I, you know, if you couldn't hear, I, I'm, I'm coming back off of having lost my voice, but uh, I'm doing okay. Oh. This is it's from, from all the raving. From all the raving, I've been playing a lot of Borderlands Three and just screaming at it a lot. So this is just kind of coming back from that. <laughs> just at the game in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what What are your feelings on world records? Okay. So I think I think that there <laughs> is kind of a almost a semi universal one of those universal experiences where kids upon finding out about the guinness book of world records get it in their mind that they're going to set a world record in something either like they're going to come up with something so specific that no one's attempted a world record for it or they're just going to be the person that balanced the most number of quarters on their elbow and then flicked it down and caught them all in their hand you know something ridiculous like that (laughs) I, i think i think that they are generally an interesting thing when you can watch people attempt them like a world record for for stuff that's just accidental or stuff that you know the world record for most people in attendance at a football game eh, whatever like it's it's an interesting data point but there's, yeah. there's no story behind that it's just this is the most people that were at a football game ever and i'm sure part of that is just due to you know, fire marshal capacity for that building. But when you like, <laughs> I, I love, I love watching and finding out about new records and speed runs for really well-traveled games and reading into like what, what they figured out that you could shave off another two seconds. Like that stuff I find yeah. really interesting or you know, world, world records in sports and things like that, where it's just, you kind of see these pinnacles of human achievement and certain things are interesting. 
And then the weird ones, the ones like longest fingernails ever, longest hair ever. That again, is just kind of like human achievement or human ability to withstand yeah. discomfort. Something that yeah. binds us all. I'm sure, again, another kind of universal thing. You wonder as a kid, how long could you let your nails grow? And having some the Guinness Book of World Records looking, they're like, wow, you can let it grow really long and it looks super gross. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I have to travel with bags on my hands and I can't eat my I'm own sorry, food. Mom, for saying that I wanted to let my nails grow out forever. Clearly, I was wrong. Thank you for showing me this weird picture. <laughs> you, you set my ass straight so, you real know, I fast. Think I, I, in, in the course of this, I've actually talked myself into being pro-world record. I, th- I think they're generally good things how about you yeah no, I, I think i agree with you there there, there are some interesting ones uh, i think i always maligned as a kid i remember buying one of those guinness world record books maybe out of the scholastic things like when we were in elementary school Mm-hmm. that's where i yeah. got mine um and b- reading through it and be like i don't care about any of this bullshit like like it's, it's just a bunch of dumb things that I would never think that I would care about. And this book is trying to tell me that I should care that someone, you know, like ate 10,000 pencils while, you know, motorboating a giraffe. Like I, I, I can't possibly care about that. I'd like to watch it in real time, like to your point, but I, uh, reading about it, not so impressive. I, I do always remember being mad, though, that there wasn't like a good source of like video game records back then. Because there weren't, like, a ton of games. So all I really wanted was to see, you know, like, how fast people... Like, I wanted leaderboards, but in mm. paper format. <laughs> it was like, oh, this dude this dude did this level of Mario Kart 64 in, like, 12 seconds. And like, how the fuck did he do that? And, like, have, like, a blurb about how he did that. But that really all there was was just, like... Like, anyone ever cared about was, like, Donkey Kong and Space Invaders, and there's like a couple of sites that track that. that yeah, like, like the old Twin Galaxies doing the arcade and Atari. Twin Galaxies, yeah, exactly. And and not that you know they've had some issues recently as well with a lot of <laughs> questionable scores that they've that they've yeah. authenticated there. I remember very early on seeing um, this probably would have been in about 2005 when people were at least the first time I was aware of people posting speedrun videos online. And seeing a speed run of the facility level in Goldeneye, and like okay. I thought I was going pretty fast at it, and uh, and I thought like oh I'll look <laughs> up and see what the fastest anyone's ever done it, and watching the video, and like, wow, I am going dog shit slow <laughs> compared to this guy. <laughs> like just you know opening a door, boom boom, keep moving on, like something out of a Hitman movie, just. <laughs> knowing I didn't even know you could sprint in this game yeah, what the fuck? exactly and that that was you know the first time i realized I really realized that there was on a completely different plane of gaming out there that i just was never gonna hit you think that yeah. you're good at games because <laughs> i never played fighting games really I, I played a couple but never online never competitively so i never saw that like oh this guy's been playing street fighter with the same character for the last three years <laughs> never saw that obsessive you know just like a like with a sport or like with a with a passion just honing it down until it's at its purest form i never saw any of that so seeing those initial speed runs that i did was kind of like oh god i'm i'm horrible at games I, i'm really <laughs> bad at games 
Do you have any uh, claims to fame leaderboard-wise? There was a short period of time. Do you remember Audio Surf? Um. No, unless it was a Harmonix game. No, it was a it was a Steam game back in I don't know 2007 2008. That was you could take your MP3s and it would generate a little racetrack that you play on and and that was kind of cool. Yeah, you'd collect certain things, little uh, power ups that would show up based on beats in the music, and you'd avoid others. And for a while, I had the highest score on a couple of those, a couple of songs, and they weren't really. Nice obscure songs either they were fairly well-known songs i don't remember what any of them were uh, i think my, they might have all been ska songs so you know i was a really cool kid <laughs> and i think i've gotten the high no score at, at on uh oh you know what it was i had the high score in a couple of tracks on danger zone when that was originally released that's about oh, it oh okay yeah no, no, nothing really notable how about you I was thinking, so I, I think of two. Um, there was like a Guitar Hero, one, like one of the downloadable songs. I'm sure only like 5,000 people downloaded this song, but I was like top 10 in that. So I played Guitar Hero obsessively for probably like three or four years. And then uh, do you remember like the weird, uh, I don't know if they call them, but they were like VR missions in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Oh, yeah fucking love those vr missions yeah for for some reason i did the first one and then i was and then i got like a, a decent rank and i was like i'm gonna keep doing this until i get top five and then i just did the first mission of that for like four hours straight and i was in the top five like in the first week that game released and i was like yeah i feel good and then i came back a week later and i was like <laughs> number 90 or something already and i was like i hate this i, hate I wish they had made I more of those boards. VR missions, yeah, dude. Like, those were fun. Yeah, I even the Metal Gear Solid ones back in the day. Like, those were a lot of fun. Although, I guess you can't call them VR missions anymore. I don't know what you'd call them. You guys figure that out. I got a question for you, Brent. Okay. Yeah. What? How do you feel about running marathons? Oh man. Personally, I like I have shin splints. I can still feel my shin splints right now from playing basketball. So that sounds like a guy. And that was in junior high. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, I. So here's the thing: like, I the, there's certain limitations that we as humans just refuse to accept. Like your body, like your body can't run for ten thousand days on end. Like you need protein in some way, shape, or form. Things like that, that that people just refuse to accept. Like I don't, I see so many like really healthy, fit, trained people that in their body is just falling to fucking bits at the end of marathons, and it like it's like it, there's there's limitations to the human body. That being said, like <laughs> there's so many five Ks and stuff that are amazing, like for charities, and they don't push your body that much. I, I just uh, you know. Uh, I, as long as you're doing it for a good cause and you're not pushing your body to the brink of fucking death, like it's it's good exercise, good for charity. <laughs> um, but I wonder if it, at that, that yeah, at I, that point can you call it good exercise? Like not that it's bad exercise, but but the amount <laughs> like it's that's like saying like you know playing in in game seven is really good practice. No, you had <laughs> enough practice. That's why you're there. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great point. Like, you, you, 
like if you've trained to get to that point where you can run like a you know what's what's a marathon like like God. 70 miles 13 <laughs> 70, miles I, it's i don't it's know. somewhere it's 13 or 70 or somewhere in between so it's still an upsetting amount for someone like me <laughs> who, who who does like in interval works workouts where never actually running at that long of a duration for any point in time or moving or using my body at, at any length but yeah i mean that's that's it my don't don't kill yourself please take care of yourselves research what is what is a healthy limit for a human body before you commit to a marathon because it's fucking trendy like please this actually but segues do a 5k for charity. yeah oh yeah absolutely but do anything for charity Sleep in a bed yeah. for charity. Sell your body. Yeah, sell your body for charity. This actually segues really nicely, and I'm just going to segue this directly into our showcase because, um, you know, because I had that Ring Fit Adventure game, and as a sentient bag of overnight oatmeal, I did not do well <laughs> with the... Did someone call you that? No, that, that's uh, entirely uh, <laughs> self-appellation there. <laughs> Andy staring in the mirror. Overnight bag of oats. You for sure. sentient bag of overnight oatmeal. You disgusting <laughs> wad of man flesh. Stop eating chicharrones right now. Oh god. Thankfully, I don't have any of that in front of me. I've got. I, I don't think I have any kind of snacks within arm's reach here. Beyond that, though, if my arms were slightly longer, it'd be a problem. You'd be hearing me crunching all the time. <laughs> Uh, I am not the right person. We, we talk about how someone's like, oh, you have to admit, like, oh, I didn't actually finish the game when you're when you're reviewing it. You want to be kind of honest and upfront with that. And sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, a game like Dragon Quest. You can't finish the Dragon Quest. It's it's infinity hours long. You just it's an impossible game to finish. <laughs> Same with Fire Emblem. It's an unfinishable game. hundred. I've beaten most of you're those. A, what are you you're a liar. About? You're a liar, and I don't want I don't want people listening to this to think that we're both liars. So I'm distancing myself from that statement. All right, fine. <laughs> uh, I did not finish Ring Fit, and not just because it's not a game that can be finished, like there is no end state, but also because my body is mostly made of pudding, and I could not finish it because I am too weak. <laughs> too weak. <laughs> The flesh is painfully weak and stringy, and it didn't. It was unable to. Uh, so, for those for the uninitiated, Ring Fit Adventure is this generation's Wii Fit board, or or this generation of Nintendo fitness peripherals. It is a little strap to go around your leg, your thigh, to measure your ups and downs of your thighs. And, well, just one thigh, really. I think the assumption is that if one thigh is moving one way, the other thigh is moving comparatively. And a big circle that's like a foot and a half wide that you can squeeze in or pull apart and rotate and things like that. And and your, I want to keep wanting to call them Wiimotes, Joy-Cons slot into this leg strap and this cool little ring that I think they call the, the ring con. I really hate their controller naming scheme. Ring con. And it slots in there and it can ring con air. <laughs> I wish I, if they made a, a, a fitness game based on con air, I'd play it. I get real into that. 
Just gotta hold your hold your arms in the air for hours. There's a time. real lack of of uh, video game adaptations of John Cusack films, and we really need to, we need to remedy that. <laughs> the these peripherals hook up to a game called Ring Fit Adventure, where you can do a bunch of different exercises and do some general training, or you can go on an adventure and it's kind of a, a loose infinite runner and turn-based RPG shell around essentially, I don't know, interval training or just doing different calisthenics and stretches and things like that. So your the, the controllers are great at picking up things like running in place, doing crunches, doing squats, doing lunges, doing very a lot of different yoga poses as you lift the ring con over your head and slowly move it down into the side. It can tell when you're pushing in or pulling out, uh, bending, bending the actual ring. And at first it feels like you're kind of worried that you're going to break it, but the thing can take a lot of abuse. I've seen videos of people who are far more human shaped than me giving it, giving it their all. And uh, they, it, it was taking a lot of damage. So I was uh. impressed. There was no risk I was going to do anything of it, assuming I didn't leave it behind my car on the pavement. <laughs> uh, and oh my God. you go through and uh, you do these, You like to move on the infinite runner, you jog in place. To collect coins, you rotate the ring fit, you kind of point it in different directions and you squeeze it together and it shoots out a blast of air that can hit stuff and interact with it. Or you pull it and it vacuums up things to you. Which I think is a, is a mechanic that they've had in a lot of it, infinite runners of you know shooting things or sucking things in. You can point it down and it'll shoot you up in the air a little bit like a jump. And when you get to these battles, you go back and forth with the uh, computer and your attacks are things like doing 20 sets of squats or 20 reps. I don't know the difference between sets and reps. I'm not a very smart person, but doing 20 squats essentially. And it tells you, all right, go down, go down, go down, hold and come up. And you do that 20 times. And depending on your speed and your consistency and not bouncing while you're doing them, it deals an amount of damage to the enemy that you're fighting. And then, you know, the next time it's your turn to fight again, you have to pick a different exercise. So maybe this time it's holding the ring con over your head and, and pulling on the controller so that it, you know, exercises your shoulders and upper uh, chest area. And that's the general, that's the general conceit of it is this kind of RPG ish game around an infinite runner. That's powered entirely by you doing exercise. That, that sounds like what I've heard about it. I got some questions for you. Is exercising fun yet? <laughs> so it is surprisingly enjoyable. Um, you definitely don't forget that you're exercising, but the fact that you're doing something and it doesn't feel like you're just like, I've played a couple of the Fitbit games and those are garbage because they don't feel like you're doing it. Just you do some walking and then your steps become essentially XP that you can use in a clicker game or in an idle game. Like this is actually your running in place is affecting the speed of the guy in the screen. And if you get your knees up, you can get go up the stairs faster. And if you aim properly and shoot properly and you do things better, you can you're actually doing better attacks. So it feels like it feels more like a game that has exercise in it than exercise that's just been kind of turned into a game. You know, it's hmm. 
I think of the, the wrong way that a lot of other games I've played are like when people put beets in brownies to get their kids to eat vegetables. Like, you just kind of made worse brownies. <laughs> Whereas this is more like you found a way to make vegetables taste good to kids rather than you've taken something the kids like and made them worse by sticking vegetables in it. And it's got... Oh, one of the things I didn't mention before is that it's actually got quite a few mini games that you can play that are mm. all revolve around one exercise. They almost feel like... Essentially, it's, it's almost like Mario Party-style games, but instead of burrowing a, a hole in your palm trying to play it on you know the n64 controller you're using the ring con <laughs> to power a a similar you know item so you're doing squats or you're doing you know various things crunches to try and move the guy and interact with the car on the screen or the whatever you call those little like strongman things where you slam down and the bell goes up those kind of little mario party style games yeah, and they feel like games. Hammer, like smashes. you get excited as you're you're getting closer, and you you can really get close to to finishing it or getting a higher score. It doesn't have multiplayer yet, really, but I could see in a family that had four hundred dollars to spend, getting four people together to all play <laughs> Mario Party style games with these with these wing, ring fit controllers. Wait, so only one comes with the ring fit? Yes, it's it, it, like one device. Yes, it is is one peripheral. How much does it cost uh, as a separate purchase? Do you know? I don't know if they even sell it as a separate purchase. I didn't even think think about that. I think it's just the the thing in the game, the physical game, and the peripheral for eighty bucks. I think eighty bucks. How many Joy Cons need to be attached to the actual peripheral? One to your leg and one to the ring. So for an entire family of four to play at the same time, you would need four rings and eight Joy-Cons. Yes. That's what I'm hearing. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Right. That There is uh, no doubt about that. That is a lot of money. <laughs> how, do, how, how do I save my family from getting fat? Well, I mean, what you do is you sell all your other systems so you can afford all the Joy-Cons and, uh, and the ring fit. Or you take turns, either one. Um, yeah. yeah, fair enough. Does it do more or less tracking-wise than a Fitbit would? You kind of already touched on that. It a does bit. because it can actually seemingly tell like how well you're squeezing, how um, even your squats or your press or anything like that are based on the the movement in it. Mm-hmm. it I it seems to track more exercises than a Fitbit can, and it seems to track them like a lot of times. It felt like the Fitbit kind of was a bit of a hack in how it was tracking the exercise like yeah. yeah it's tracking it but not really it's not tracking if you're doing it right or well <laughs> it's just tracking if you're moving up and down vertically yeah are, are you sitting on a, a dishwasher nobody knows yeah whereas this feels like it's actually because it, it and when you first start the game it shows 3d representations of the leg strap and the ring controller on the screen that move as you move kind of like now some like a demo of it yeah, and it's impressive how small movements it picks up. Yeah, it's it's like a motion capture. Yeah, yeah, it does it does a very good job, a, almost like the Connect did. You know, where you, you the first time you see, it, you're like, wow, that, that's doing a really good job catching my movement. Uh, yeah, how immersive is the story, and how sad were you when the main character died? <laughs> well, obviously, I don't want to get into spoiler territory with the main story. Um, 
but no, this the the story is about immersive as immersive as any Mario sports game. It's there to provide <laughs> just enough to tie together things. Like I, I don't know if you played Mario <laughs> Tennis Aces on the Switch, Mm-mm. where you accidentally unleash a tennis demon that can only be defeated by beating it in tennis. Oh, I've been there. Yeah, it happens. And so, you know, it's a very relatable storyline. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's just enough of a storyline. You're some dude with red hair, and as you're walking, you find this ring thing on the ground. It's like, hey, untie me so I can be cool again. And you untie it, and it's like, oh, psych, there was a demon in me. And the demon gets out, and then the ring itself starts talking. What the hell did you just do that for, buddy? You know, we got to stop that demon again. Let's go jog in place for a while. <laughs> Fantastic. Academy Award. It's it's pretty good. <laughs> can, can you use the ring for Mario Kart or what? That's a really good question. And I don't I not that I've heard. I don't know of any other. And actually, that, that's something that I have been thinking about is how much access to this technology other developers would have. Like, could other developers make games using these controllers or are they more proprietary and locked? And I don't know that. It's just, but it is yeah. an interesting thought experiment. Yeah, this, yeah, it's coming out sort of late in the the generation, so I have to wonder like how much access, like how much they've exposed the APIs and whatnot, and they very well might have not at all. Like this could very well be a one off thing. Whereas on the Wii, there was a ton of different side things. Yeah, because the Wii Fit board had a couple of other games that you could play with it, didn't it? Yes, yeah, there was like uh, off brand like yoga games and stuff. I definitely remember that. I would be shocked if. By the end of the Switch's life cycle, there aren't a couple of specifically yoga games for this because it, it does seem very well suited for it. Yeah. And and the yoga instructional stuff that you can do with it is great. <laughs> and it is I've never done yoga before, but it does feel very it feels very natural. And, and like getting yoga. that feedback of like, no, we know that you're doing it wrong. You need to fix it, <laughs> which you don't get with, you know, just watching it on YouTube or something like that. <laughs> God, it reminds me of, the, of uh, Connect Sports. It's, oh God, yeah. It, everyone was like, "I like, oh, it's not tracking me right. What do I do?" It was like, "Oh, just like wiggle a blanket in front of it." And I was like, "Seriously?" And I tried it, <laughs> and it worked. It was like, hundred percent. You're the best at <laughs> all sports. You're like all pro athlete. What are you doing playing Connect Sports games?" And I was like, "Well, I guess we're done with this. The illusion is completely collapsed." <laughs> is it fun for the whole family? I, it's definitely not offensive in any way. <laughs> so it's it's not the Joker of no the no Switch community. Um, it has mentioned nothing about living in a society, and it, it's not. There's nothing about it that I would say is. Uh, I don't know actually what what the minimum age they recommend for it is because I'm sure that there's some kind of legal plus physical or medical reason why like an eight-year-old shouldn't be playing it but i really don't know that's a really good question though it's all the questions i had i guess in the yoga sense i'm curious if you could balance your entire body on it i'm i'm happy to try once i've beaten it and i I no longer have any use for the once i once i've beaten my (laughs) once i've beaten my my body that is a ziploc bag of scrambled eggs i i will gladly give that a shot Why are you so mean to yourself? And it's called cellulite, but also also body positivity for the love. No, of it literally is. It is scrambled eggs. I've got 
I'm on a really weird regimen. Doctor's got very weird ideas. One of the things you can do with the Ring Fit Control that I didn't mention is there's this kind of like playing while you're not playing that you can do where you put it in like a way mode or they have a term for it, but you can keep doing sim- sim- simple exercises like just squeezing it, you know, doing various presses and doing various crunches and things like that while like you're idly watching TV. Hmm. You know, in the same way that like, you know, you see people just doing um, bicep curls while watching TV or something like that. And it will yeah. track that. And when you go back and play the game, you get credit for having done those. And you get EXP and other bonuses in game. Hmm. That's yeah. that's very cool. That's that's a good good initiative. As I say, like our gymnastics teachers growing up. Gymnastics. Gym. Gym. Just gym. Gym. Gym is gym. fine. Gym teachers would always be like, just just do curl ups while there's commercial breaks in TV. Like like, oh, that makes so much sense. I'm not doing anything except absorbing mm-hmm. advertisements. Why not try and better my body? So I have a better chance of fighting people when I get to the store and they don't have enough of the items that they've been advertising to me. Fucking exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, how am I going to get my kid a Furby? I'm going to need to punch some mom in the <laughs> face to get it. That's all That's all the questions I had. Any, any final thoughts? It's a lot of fun. You know, it's... If you watched the videos about it and you saw it lives up to the to the way it was sold which i think is kind of the most you can say for a game like this like Mm. if you watch those videos and thought that looks really cool i want to try that out then you're gonna love it if you if it didn't seem to click to you if you didn't it didn't look like that was gonna be fun for you you probably won't enjoy it there is no additional depth that hasn't been advertised like that's how deep it is but if you're looking for something that's just gonna dangle a little bit a little carrot of numbers going up in front of you then to to get you exercising a little bit this will definitely do it and i will tell you i am Mm. it's it's uh i've built up a sweat using it every time i get tired and it's not just because i'm not a human in any kind of way that you know would be expressed like in the vitruvian man but (laughs) Uh, but just because you know it, these are real real workouts you're doing real crunches real squats everything it's it's tiring and it actually the uh, last thing it has a shit ton of accessibility features as far as like what you are and aren't capable of doing so if you've got bad knees you can tell it look i, I can't do knee related exercises i want to keep playing but just don't give me anything that that's going to exacerbate my knees or my ankles or my hips or you can really that's cool fine tune it for whatever your disability or whatever your um ability is which is great yeah yeah i mean there's probably a million different options for that too so it says a lot that they're going out of their way to at least try and accommodate some people yeah and and, you know i'm I'm sure that there are people who are going to get a lot of use out of it just out of doing upper body stuff or just out of mm-hmm. just general arm rehabilitation. You know, it, it's I, anytime there's a story like all the Microsoft uh, adaptive controller stuff about out there about a game being that openly accessible to the people is, is great. And I'm happy to see first party companies doing it. I agree wholeheartedly. But that's what oh, I got. So why don't cool. you tell me about your game? Tell me about, uh, Please. Uh, Rick and Morty's virtual reality fun fire. <laughs> yes, thank you, you tarp full of mul- mulch. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Tro- Trover saves the universe. Uh, it's a VR game. It's 
the same writers and uh, voice actors as the Rick and Morty series. The game is about... What is it? You're a chair-topian, which means that you're just in a chair, and there's all these planets, and a guy comes to you and is like, oh, I'm going to steal your dogs and put them in my eyes. And then he does that, and then another guy comes and is like, hey, why'd you give that guy your dogs? He's now destroying the universe. And that's the entire story. Uh, um, LOL, that's so random. Yeah, that's that's all of the humor in the game. So we're, we're going to risk alienating a lot of our listeners by saying that the humor is, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. The humor is entirely just talking a lot and real fast and without any breaks in, uh, in speaking whatsoever and just being mean and awful to everyone. Like not even in like an enjoyable way where you just hate one person and everyone else seems good. You just hate everyone. Um, so the main, the main character, I guess you're the main character in some regards, but the game's called Trover saves the universe and you're controlling a, a purple thing that also can put thing like, I forget what they call there. There's something like, uh, like, like energy babies. You can put them in your eyes also. So you're, you have collectibles in the game, but Trover is just this purple being that can also put things in his eyes and suggest that you collect things. So if you're playing in VR like I did for the peripheral off, you're in a chair in VR as you are in real life and you have a controller in the world as you do in real life and you're just controlling Trover going around and slashing things and waiting for events to happen and collecting uh, these little green aliens. I don't have a point here because I that's the entire game. I don't know what the point of any of it was. I I the humor wasn't for me. The gameplay was the most rudimentary gameplay I've experienced in a very 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 long time. Yeah. I I don't I I really I want to do the game justice. I'm sure a lot of people enjoyed this, but in my experience it was a colossal waste of time. <laughs> well, Brent, to be fair, see, you have to have a very high IQ to understand Trover saves the universe. Oh, I know. And that's what people keep telling me about Rick and Morty. And they also say they have to get stoned to watch it. And I get really confused. And I, I haven't watched too much Rick and Morty, so I'm not going to bash on the Rick and Morty community. But if, if, any of the humor from Rick and Morty is um, a good example of what you're getting in, in Trover Saves the Universe. Like, Trover Saves the Universe, like, it's just... It, it was... Do you, do you want to not have fun? Do you want to not laugh? Do you want to have an uncomfortable VR headset on your head and then get a migraine because you have just weird weight going on your head and then you're also turning artificially in this VR environment um, while waiting for someone else to yell at you in VR then then Trover Saves the Universe might be for you Here, here's my question for you so yeah, when we talked about Borderlands 3 a couple of weeks ago uh, I mm -hmm. talked about how it wasn't funny and how the story is boring as shit and didn't make sense with the gameplay. <laughs> and I stand by that, yeah. that 
Borderlands 3 is not funny, the story is boring as shit, and it doesn't match with the gameplay. But Borderlands 3's gameplay is super good, and I like it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound like that's the case for Trover. It sounds like you didn't like the story and the humor, and also the gameplay you didn't like either. Am I reading that right? What, What gameplay... Are we talking about? I heard that there was. Are we talking about the turning? Some light. The turning of the chair. I heard there was some light platforming in combat. Yeah, yeah, there are extremely light platforming in combat. I so here, here's full disclosure. I only played two hours of this game, and it, it's only like a, a four or five hour game. So after two hours, I was like, I cannot fucking do any more of this. I, I, I hate, like, this isn't why I play video games. I hate everything about this. Um, the highlight of the game was the humor, and I didn't find it funny. So take from that what you will. But, yes, it, it, there's, like, a light, like, hack and slash, and th- like, 3D hack and slash. Um, and for other than that, you're literally just porting from one beacon to another and turning your chair left and right, hmm. which is, I guess, I guess meta in some ways. I, I don't, it was like too obvious to be like, whoa, that's meta is like, yeah, I'm, I'm literally in a chair with a controller and a VR fucking headset on my head. Holy what shit, in God's name just happened. It's there's crazy storms down here. Fuck's sake. That was like, I thought I'm that some kind of startled. spookable was banging on your front door or something. <laughs> no, that lightning bolt sounded like it like hit the street outside my house. Holy Jesus. Okay. Woo! <laughs> All right, we got some adrenaline going now. What's up, everybody? <laughs> so, yeah. L- let me ask you another another thing. So, if the gameplay doesn't save the story, uh-huh. Let's let's ignore the fact that the story doesn't sound good to someone who doesn't find Rick and Morty entertaining. Does the story need the gameplay? Like, did this need to be a game rather than a two-hour-long independent animated film by Justin Roiland? That's that's a hard question to answer. I don't think any of this game needed to exist. Does that answer your question? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I appreciated that it was in VR, but it seemed li- almost like they looked at real games and <laughs> that's harsh. And they looked at gaming and they were like, we don't know how to make a fun game. Let's use a gimmick and try and get off the hook with some some of our uh, our wacky zany LOL random humor. Mm-hmm. And what the, what they put together was nothing of note. You know, that is a little disappointing. A- and not because I'm really in love with Rick and Morty in any way. I think I watched the first two seasons, maybe three, and mm-hmm. enjoyed aspects of them. I've not paid attention to it since. Um, but more that I liked the idea of an intersection between a TV show that was that high profile and actual games in the same way that I was excited for John Wick Hex. Yeah. Because there are so, there are so few tie-in games anymore that aren't shitty mobile experiences. Like the, 
Fox, <laughs> you know, animated card battling game, which I think is is the only the newest thing that has any King of the Hill characters in it. So if you're a fan of King of the Hill and you want new King of the Hill content, that's where you go for it, I guess. You know, I, I, I don't think th- there's those kind of tie ins. And I was kind of hoping that, OK, Trover saves the universe. If that does well and it is a good game, then it'll encourage more collaborations between TV and movie auteurs and video game auteurs. Mm-hmm. And it seems like two weeks in a row we've got that exact thing happening and failing. Is that is that another fair read? No, absolutely. Like I, I'm with with gaming in this gaming podcast should always be gameplay first. Mm. I'm all about story. I love a really, really well-told narrative. And I think that the, a good narrative can carry a mediocre gameplay experience. But in this case, we're talking about a shit gameplay experience with a mediocre story <laughs> that can absolutely not carry. The, like I would have, like I can see how people would find it funny. I'm, I'm really not real. I, I, I understand why Rick and Morty is popular. I never got into it. I've only watched a few episodes it didn't grab me. I'll try again in the future. Um, please don't hate on me. But this game, the like, I had so little fun that the humor was almost sort of like uh, a condolence. Like, oh, there, there, sweetie. Like, try, try and hang in there for the rest of us. Like, we don't want another body on our hands. <laughs> um, no, so I, if they took a gameplay for, first standpoint with it, I, I probably could have gotten past it and... Uh, like the, some of the annoying characters, I, I would have understood, you know, like maybe the humor wasn't for me, but that's fine. But I'm having fun with the game. Sort of like Borderlands, like, yeah, like, like Borderlands 2. Like, I didn't always think it was the funniest thing. Sometimes I, I laughed uproariously, but, I, you know, like it, it was never like a, a captive audience sort of situation where it's like, I, <laughs> I, I have to listen to this shitty dialogue to to play a game that i hate just felt like work yeah i think that's the the sum of the whole thing like i i i after two hours i was like please please don't make me play any more of this like imaginary person that's making me play more of this game. i watched the trailer and it just it it did not grab me in any way and i yeah i feel bad but it it just did not grab me in any way because I, i i want games like this to succeed and I want to want to play these games, but uh... yeah, no, everything about it. I wanted to be successful. I didn't, I didn't come in as a Rick and Morty hater. I, I want VR games to be successful. I want, I want games that are heavily inspired by popular media to be successful. Um, it didn't seem to try to be any of those things. It just tried to really lean on the humor, which didn't really, when you're fully immersed in it, but also still not like taking place in the humor other than controlling Trover for some contrived reason, which is, is also kind of annoying because then you get blamed for things that Trover's doing because you're controlling him, but you don't really understand why you're controlling him. It's just like, just, just go with it. It, it, it just all feels lazy, I guess is to, to wrap it all up. The whole thing feels lazy. It's so much easier to excuse bad drama than it is bad comedy. 
because bad drama can still be entertaining if it's so bad that it's funny or it's absurd or it's just confusing. Yeah. But bad comedy just leaves such a bad taste. <laughs> and I think it's because in drama, there's never that moment where the actor or writer of the piece is waiting for your positive reinforcement with a laugh. Mm-hmm. Drama never pauses to give you time to cry. And so it just keeps going. Whereas comedy, you have that moment of, there's room here for laughter, but I'm not laughing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's an excellent point. Yeah, I, I, I don't, it, and there's no real breaks or real moments in what I experienced in this game. So I, I, I really hope that in the future, like with such a narrative focused game, like I, I really hope in the future that we can find some much better intersection, but hmm. today was not that day. You disappoint me, Trover. Well, that is disappointing. Not, not, I, I always hate mm-hmm. ending, uh, ending this on a, on a down note. Tell tell us about your greatest success of the week. Oh my god, my greatest success of the week. Um, watch some good movies. You ever tried Hot Doctor Pepper? Hot Doctor Pepper. What the fuck is that? Like apparently in the sixties, it was uh, common. Like uh, Doctor Pepper actually advertised with this: the idea that you would boil Doctor Pepper and then pour it over a thin slice of lemon as a uh, as a winter beverage. Interesting. I have not heard of this or no? tried it. Okay. Dick Clark did a commercial where he suggested yeah. it. And I'm I am inclined to believe him when it comes to winter beverages. I don't know why. <laughs> he he was the the foremost pioneer on winter I've beverages. I've heard that. So you're you're no fool. And that's just, you know, maybe that's just something that I learned through osmosis, you know, over the time that he and winter beverages were so greatly intertwined and I just naturally took his uh took his advice you know what i'm gonna do here's what i'm gonna do as a as a gift to all the listeners out there in the time between now and our next episode i'm gonna try a glass of hot dr pepper and i will report back with my findings i'm so hyped for this yeah i feel like that this is what we are here for now next week is not a games podcast it is a hot soda podcast (laughs) i think that that's it for us yeah let's wrap it up here yeah, happy Halloween and all that. Go out and do something spooky. Report back to us with any spooky games that you play. If, you, if there's a spooky game out there that you really <laughs> enjoyed, let us know and maybe we'll play it sometime. All right. Well, that's been episode 16, everyone. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.